That's, that's it. That's all I got. That's what happens when you keep your hand in the precious plow. And, yes. And just smile. <laughs> The miracle is in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) As long as I can still get tickled. (laughs) Okay. So, on the last show, uh, Richard and Jennifer were asking me if I had any any other evangelical impressions. It's just really, really un, unforgivable that I did not bring out Billy Graham reading Song of Solomon. It's time to, to make it right. So, I just, I like, I like the idea of, of Billy Graham, like a serious approach to Song of Solomon that just kind of descends into... You know, many of my brethren do not know how to approach Song of Solomon. They regard it as a sort of pornography, almost. I don't. I see the word of the Lord <laughs> speaking to me through every book of the Bible. And when it says, your breasts are like two fawns, I welcome that. I think that's wonderful within the bounds of matrimony, of course. It's natural. When you climb the tree, take hold of the fruit, you can do these things. When you are married, of course, that's what the Lord has given it to us for. Take hold of the fruit. Squeeze the fruit if you are married. I'm sorry. I'll stop now. Oh, my. Yeah, we'll cut that out. Don't worry about that. No way. It was so good. (laughs) I've never heard your Billy Graham impression. I, I should have brought it up for Richard because he works for Christianity Today and it would have made him like 100% more nervous. I don't know. He was he was pretty happy on that episode. He was like one and a half beers in, I think, which apparently is good for him. I think part of it, too, is that like he had Jennifer there that like he yeah. as his proxy yeah. that like he could kind of <laughs> she could make the joke and then he could laugh at it. So, yes, 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 I agree. So that was fun. <laughs> hey, how about we do like a hundred shout outs? Okay, let's do it. We have so many we have so many announcements right now. <laughs> I feel like we're in a Baptist church. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> does does a youth pastor have to come up and give the announcements? Is that like you, is that the plan? You're the fun, sexy Bible time youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> we're we are all youth pastors. In fun, it's sexy true. It's true. No, I thought I feel like that was kind of the play of like the associate pastor or the youth pastor has to go up and give the announcements, so that can be like his Sunday morning time, mm-hmm. even though like the senior pastor gives the sermon. It's also weird. Yeah, it's the, it's, po- the politics of ministry. And then if you have like three pastors, then one of them has to come up and like do the like the scripture reading before the offering or uh-huh, something. Uh-huh. Like everybody's got to get their shine Sunday morning. <laughs> Yeah, so that they can take a day off during the week. <laughs> oh. All right, so we got a new Patreon. Hey, thank you guys for supporting the show again. Helps us to yes. helps us to make more stuff. Um, yes, which is that's that's the goal, just to make more stuff. So thank you to David Copti. He jumped in. I don't know. I don't know that I know David. Um, but I didn't know Stephanie Barrett either. Stephanie was the the last patron that yes. jumped in, and we thought that she was someone on Twitter who had a margarita in her profile picture. I think Rich <laughs> Richard looked her up. She actually got in touch with us. She is not the person with the margarita, but she says she's open to drinking a margarita, <laughs> which I, I think that's become our new our new mission now. Is we have to figure out a way to get Stephanie Barrett a margarita, um, maybe maybe even like. A picture of herself drinking a margarita in a fun, sexy Bible time shirt. You need to send her an ABC liquor gift card. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an it's been an active active week in in fun, sexy Bible time land. Also, got to talk about Audrey. Audrey sent us a excellent tweet of herself 
listening to fun, sexy Bible time at school instead of but not not homeschool. <laughs> yes, not homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Make sure we know. <laughs> <laughs> Extra points for doing it actually at school, which led to a, a fevered debate in the Fun Sexy Bible Time DMs of whether or not it was okay to send Audrey a shirt. Uh, because, you know, it's hard to tell how old people are sometimes right. on social mm-hmm. media. And it's like, well, you know, male or female, we probably don't need to be sending shirts that say sexy to someone who might be. Yeah. Well, you have one that just says FSBT, so... I guess we could do that. (laughs) Um, But then Audrey uh, either tweeted or DM'd, I can't remember, um, said that she's uh, letting her... She's taking her mom through the early episodes of Fun Sexy Bible Time. Yikes. Uh, Bold move, Audrey. (laughs) That is an extremely bold... Some of those early episodes are rough. I'm, I'm just praying that my parents don't discover this podcast. I, I will say, Audrey, the 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 early episode before the stabilizing force of Casey Haas moved in, <laughs> they were kind of rough. I will say the very first Casey episode was, is pretty incredible because we didn't really know each other that well. And she just hit the ground running with about <laughs> 50 different, that's what she said, jokes, like right out of the gate. I was so pregnant too. <laughs> <laughs> she so, she gave zero fricks at, at that nope, moment. That that is the truth. Oh man! And we did like we didn't even. I don't remember like we even that that was what we were gonna do. We weren't even coming on to make. That's what she said jokes. <laughs> but you just like you were on it, and I was like, oh, this is happening. I guess I guess yep. this is what we're doing today. <laughs> So I, I would. You, you didn't block me on Twitter, so <laughs> <laughs> here we are. <clears throat> also, uh, let's see. Uh, John Fletcher got with me on Twitter and said that we have some listeners at Belmont University. I guess that's a real school. I mean, I guess he said you have a cult following there. Listen, so. I'm trying to spread the shine around. <laughs> you, just, you can be grateful. I mean, <laughs> Maybe he didn't. Maybe he couldn't tell you directly that, right. that he was a fan of you because of because the Billy of Graham the Billy role. Graham role. <laughs> Give John Fletcher a little credit here. So John Fletcher gave us a list of this supposed cult following who, okay. uh, who reads the blog and listens to the podcast. Uh, but we're not content to just shout all of them out uh, in you know one after another. So I made up. Uh, I made up a, a fake fact for each of these people. Okay. Uh, John Fletcher, favorite theologian is Dr. Seuss. Oh. I, like, I like Dr. Seuss. Colby Brandt, once thrown out of a Barlow Girl concert for holding up a sign that said, Marry Me Lauren Barlow. Wow. I mean, she's, she's pretty nice looking, so I don't, I don't fault Colby. These guys are probably too young to even know who Barlow <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Luke Irwin believes that p- people's hair is red because they sin more than other people. Ooh, hot take, that. Luke. We, we honor Kate Shellnut on this podcast. <laughs> Andrew Van Wert probably plays lacrosse with that name. That's not in my notes, but I just thought of that. <laughs> Andrew Van Wert, uh, known cheater of Bible quiz. Why would you Ooh, cheat in Bible Andrew. quiz, Andrew? Mark Mesoboff. hope I said that right, but also I don't really care. Mark Mesoboff, favorite book of the Bible is Numbers. Dude, that is really weird. That is. Mac Taylor refuses to pray on Thursdays. <laughs> and Sam Liu hates Mr. Rogers. Why would you hate Mr. Wow. Rogers, Sam Liu? That's Sam. a bold take. Jeez. Bold take. This sounds like a like a good group of guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, uh, oh. We have, we have little hubs of listeners in the. Uh, Where is Belmont University? It sounds like a Tennessee place. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So I think uh, you know. Eventually, the first fun, sexy Bible time conference. It's either going to have to be like in Tennessee or Louisville, or, or, or somewhere where there's a, a a Christian college or seminary presence, because that's where that's where our hubs of listeners are. That's where there's a Christian college. Yeah. There are about 
5,000 churches per capita in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, Belmont's in Nashville, it says. Mm. So. Uh, that's that's a future topic of, of what would the speaker lineup be for the very first uh, Fun Sexy Bible Time conference. Oh man, that'd be incredible. That'd be incredible. Maybe we should kick out with the listeners. Like, <laughs> who would, who would you want there? Mm. <laughs> that's the and laugh bo- of and like, boss camp. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that would be awful. And Vasquez, yeah, she'd talk for like five hours. Uh, I don't ever. I hate conferences. I do too. Like for I, the most part, if some are okay, but for the most part, I want nothing to do with them. Like why? This this is you know we're gonna alienate some people but like yeah what is the what is like why like why do people get so excited about conferences like oh we get to go and sit and listen to somebody uh, talk for hours like why (laughs) (laughs) sounds horrible they're they're expensive yes let's let's pay money to travel to go listen to someone talk for four hours i looked up the evolving faith conference because they just announced it as two hundred dollars to just get into the conference but then you have to pay to get there. You have to like Jeez, Louise. eat <laughs> and stay in a hotel, and yeah, it must be nice to have all that disposable income. I think we need to just send you as the FSBT representative for the Evolving Faith Conference. I think that no, no. <laughs> if we get enough patrons to start going to events, we're going to the. Chrysagas Brothers Legends concert, <laughs> and I will hear no other options. <laughs> the Legends concert, um, the Joshua Mills, something yes. involving Joshua Mills. Well, I Mills. need to do that anyways because he keeps coming to Florida when I'm not available. Oh, oh, man. How horrifying would that be? I'd have to sit through a Joshua Mills. Moment. I would definitely have to have drinks first, or I would, I would not be okay probably. Could you get close enough to collect some glitter? If <laughs> he still does that, I would. And then I just totally have it tested. Would. Totally would. Oh yeah, I'd have it tested. <laughs> oh, big dreams here in the Fun Sexy Bible Time control I room. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> we have some of our interns test it. <laughs> I can't believe. I'm sorry. This is a danger. I cannot believe that like Joshua Mills does not get mainstream pushback for the glitter thing like we've been on this since the beginning but it's just incredible to me that no one does he still do the glitter i, I hadn't seen or it in a he while kind of like, moved away from that he hadn't apologized like he hadn't apologized for it mm. well maybe it really happened yeah uh, yeah uh, maybe so <laughs> speaking of pushback um i i want to talk about today our my new favorite thing in Christian culture, yep. <laughs> which is the Preacher Sneakers Instagram account. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who has been living under a rock, uh, this guy named Tyler started an Instagram account called Preacher Sneakers. And he has images that he gets from things that pastors post online. And he says how much their shoes cost. Or in some cases, how much their clothes cost if they're wearing designer clothes. Uh-huh. And it has sparked so much debate, defensiveness. Like, it's been so fascinating. So I come at this from several different angles, <laughs> which I'm sure everybody wants to hear. So um, I'm a pastor's daughter, okay? So I grew up as a pastor's daughter in a pretty large church. And, um, my dad made a decent salary and I do know that pastors already are scrutinized for all of them, any, any money they spend on anything. So like every time my dad would get a vehicle, a new vehicle, not that this was like every year or something, people would make a comment about it. Like it was never a luxury vehicle, but it was just like, oh, well he got a new Jeep or whatever. <clears throat> so I Like, I can understand a little bit of the defensiveness of, like, 
um, why are we scrutinizing these pastors' financial decisions? We don't know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But also, a lot of these sneakers and designer clothes that these pastors are wearing are hundreds of dollars, like thousands of dollars, some of them. This also interests me because Danny's into sneakers, so I'm kind of secondarily, like, not into it, but I know a little bit about the whole sneaker culture. So I think what is most fascinating to me so far is that it's just this guy who started the account is not out to get anybody. (laughs) So people, like, I think you asked before we started recording, like, what's this guy's deal? Is he trying to, are you still there? Yeah. You're not making any comments. (laughs) You're just letting me talk. Okay. So you said, like, what's this guy's deal? Is he, like, trying to get back at the church or whatever? So he did this Q&A on his Instagram, and um, somebody asked him, have you been burned by the church? And he said, no, quite the opposite. So he is an active churchgoer. Found out yesterday through a Q&A, he's actually also pretty conservative, I think. Somebody asked him who his favorite pastors and theologians were. Do you want to guess? <laughs> Matt Chandler and John Piper. <laughs> so <clears throat> people assume like, oh, this is a guy who's bitter and he's calling people out. But based on, he did an interview with BuzzFeed. Um, and based on that, he just... He said, um, hold on, let me see, I'm going to read it exactly. He was watching, uh, his name's Tyler, he was watching uh, YouTube one day, and he saw the lead singer of a worship band wearing Yeezy 750s, which Yeezy is Kanye's brand, in case some doesn't know, and the 750 boosts are really rare, they can go for like $1,800 aftermarket, <clears throat> so... It's just like, huh, okay, this is a worship leader of a church, and he's wearing shoes that can cost thousands of dollars. Is this a conversation that we need to be having? So he kind of, he started this account kind of as a joke for his friends, and then it blew up. And I think that it is an important conversation to have. Like, what is acceptable for a pastor? And I think we also have to acknowledge that there's not one right answer. Okay. So you're, just, you're just here to watch everything burn. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so here's what I think. This is my opinion about pastors and finances. And I could be totally wrong. But I do think that a pastor should be able to um, function with the same, like, their same median demographic. So... If a pastor is in a community of upper middle class people, they should be paid a salary that reflects that um, because these are the people that they're going to be doing the life experiences with, right? So, but if a pastor is in a lower class community, they don't need to be, they obviously all the pastors, I think pastors should be paid to have their needs met if that's possible, but a pastor in a low income community doesn't need to be making $150,000 a year. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, cause one of the, um, defenses that came up propaganda, who's a rapper said, some of these pastors are ministering to celebrities and you can't even get in the same room with them. If you're not wearing the right shoes. Got a lot of questions about that statement. I don't, I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know any celebrities. So I can't say if that is how they function or not. Are celebrities closed down to people who don't wear designer clothes? I don't know. I do know that the desire and appeal of looking and feeling important by having expensive things is real. That is not, that is a real thing. And I think that it's a lot easier for me to believe that these pastors are making a lot of money 
whether it's through their salary or through book deals or whatever. And they, they want the nice things. They want the more expensive things. It's a lot easier for me to believe that than that they're just being gifted them. Like that was one of the guys, one of Chad Beach. I don't even know who Chad or Leach or something. I don't know. He's got a weird name. He's like, oh, you're so like he commented on a post where he was featured. He's like, I didn't pay one single thing for anything in this picture. Kind of saying like, this was all given to me. Which that's, like, a, that's a weird <laughs> flex. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because even so, that is like, you know, I'm so famous. People are just giving it to me. Right. So I will say that people into sneaker culture, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I know like people have given Danny shoes. Just like, I know you're into this. Because retail, some of this stuff is not astronomical. It's the aftermarket, like once they're sold out or people go crazy. Mm-hmm. So I thought this, uh, I, I, I have this screen cap from somebody's story. This is Jack Saris. I don't know his name. He has a guitar in his profile picture. So he's probably a worship leader. I just got to make people understand something real quick. There's a big notion that these, quote, celebrity pastors are taking tithe money and using it to further their lifestyles. Excuse me. And while there may be a few of them that do that, which is completely wrong, the majority of them have written books and have major publishing deals, not to mention their rates they have for going anywhere in the world to speak. (laughs) Ready? That is all caps, their money from all caps, their book and their travels. It is not church money. The real God-fearing pastors are not, quote, taking your money and buying Gucci and a word I can't pronounce with it. Further, even if they were, do you really think they'd be posting it all over the internet for everyone to see? No. Yes, Yes. they absolutely would. They absolutely would. Because it takes so much to stay humble when you are in front of thousands of people. Yep. Every week. Like thousands. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> so um, I'm not saying there aren't people out there who abuse their platform because there certainly is. What I'm saying is just because you see read something on the Internet does not make it true. I'm just like, Jack, why do you feel the need to defend these people? Like, if If your conscience is clear... And somebody posts a picture of you in $200 sneakers, you're not, your first response is not going to be to defend yourself, right? If you have a clean conscience, if you know that you save $25 a month for the whole year for a certain pair of Jordans that dropped on a certain day and you got them, why do you need to defend yourself, right? So I feel like the defensiveness that's coming out from all these people in this community, this like uh, mega church community, it's just like, please stop exposing my idols. Please stop um, scrutinizing me. I don't want to have to answer for how I spend my money. And it's just like, no, sorry. Okay, so this is starting to hit a little close to home. Uh, because I feel like I feel like you're speaking this directly to me as I stand in the tiny big and tall section at shoe department and try to decide between the $35 shoes or the $40 shoes. You know what? If you go to Goodwill, I've seen a lot of <laughs> large shoes at Goodwill. I can't remember. I found a pair of really rare Jordans at Goodwill, and I don't know if they were size 15, but they were a big size. Anyways, yeah. So, oh, I lost my thing. Hold on. Let me go back to it. All right. I'm just going to read some of the Q&As that he had on his page. Do we know his last name? Or is it just... No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't shared it. I wonder if it's it's Tyler Huckabee. (laughs) That would be actually awesome, but I don't think it is. I think Tyler Huckabee would just say if it was him. Yeah. And is Tyler Huckabee's favorite theologian, John Piper? Probably not. I think... (laughs) I think Tyler Huckabee's favorite theologian is probably Tyler Huckabee. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. I like you, Tyler. I'm kidding. Okay, so here's some of the Q&As, just to kind of give you a perspective on the guy who started the account. 
So somebody said, genuinely curious, are you like exposing these people or are you just doing this as a joke? He said, not exposing anyone, just putting the prices out there, family. So people are thinking he's doing some like big, like deep dive on these guys. It's like, no, they're, they're wearing this stuff in public. He's just showing you what it costs. He said, do you think these pastors should sell dim kicks <laughs> for wells in third world countries? He says, not for me to say at all. It's about the heart, and we should all consider how we are steward- stewarding what God has trusted us with. He, and somebody said, what do you want to accomplish with the page now that it's gaining momentum? He says, this started purely as comedy for my friends, but it's since turned into a much larger conversation. I want people to consider how they are stewarding their money and to ask the same of their leaders. Have you been burned by the church? No, just the opposite. This is funny. If you had to listen to one Christian band for the rest of your life, which one would it be? I I, I captured this one just for you. Michael W. Smith, Smith deep tracks only. <laughs> okay, so this guy, I think that another fascinating thing in this whole conversation is just the assumptions that people make. This guy's out here to be mean. He wants to ruin lives. He wants to discredit. Because <clears throat> we always assume the worst, right? We assume that and we live in outrage culture. Mm-hmm. So I want to be mad at Judah Smith and his wife for wearing Gucci. And this is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make everybody else mad too. But it's not that. It's like, let's have a conversation about what what's okay for pastors. And I think it's, I think it's really great. I'm, I'm loving it. He first, he, so he's kind of, evolved the account a little bit he stopped directly tagging pastors so that people can't harass them you know if you want to harass judah smith you're gonna have to like figure out what his handle is and go to his page and do it which who has time for that and then he turned off comments for a while because it just got crazy there's people like being awful people being awful in defense and attacking so It's just been a crazy conversation. Another thing I thought about is um, the passage in 1 Corinthians where um, Paul talks about how he became all things to all people. Mm -hmm. I don't really know if it applies in this situation because whereas, yes, some of these some of these pastors might have affluent people that they're ministering to. Is that your is that your majority crowd? And how can it be, right? Just based on simple math. Well, this, like if this... you have a church of 10,000 people, there's no way that the majority of those people are like in the 1%. <laughs> well, that's that's the impasse you get to biblically is that you, you, can, you can go, it's like a tug of war between all things to all men. But also if you go to food, the section food sacrifice to idols, if what I eat causes my brother to sin, I won't eat that anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like you, you can just, that's like a perpetual conflict there of, right. you know, I'm trying to minister to these people, but are other people going to get upset about it? And, and usually like, I, I hate that defense. Like when it comes to like alcohol, like, oh, what if it causes somebody to sin? It's like, you, you moron, like who is going to get offended by something like that in 2019? Mm-hmm. That's just, mm-hmm. that's like the worst kind of straw man. Right. Right. No, I, I agree. Um, and I, I think too, that something, they, I don't want to be one of those people. But a lot of these guys are in a non-denominational setting. So whatever you think about it, those churches are set up like businesses. And I know that because I've been a part of them. Like they're set up like a business and the pastor is the CEO and the head. And a lot of times gets way more freedom than they should have. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that as like they shouldn't be allowed to do things, but they're not held accountable. So there's no denominational structure. Right. There's no church governance structure in place. So they just kind of make it up when they start (laughs) and they use a business model Mm -hmm. and it just allows for like, and in our American culture, materialism and consumerism is huge. It is a constant fight to not give into that even as a not wealthy person, you know, 
So just imagine that now your church has 10,000 people and we want to pay you a salary that reflects that. And also you have book deals and traveling. So you're making a ton of money <laughs> and no, but nobody really challenges, challenges you on what you choose to spend it on. I want to come back to the challenging thing at the end <laughs> to kind of wrap it up. But the, the thing I struggle with in this is that like the Judas Smith thing, uh-huh. like a lot of the guys like that, they just, to me, they just kind of come off as like self-absorbed yeah, buffoons. Sure. Like I'm not, not him particularly, but a lot of the guys like that. But then the thing I come back to is like, you know what? Like Justin Bieber did not go to John MacArthur and say, mm-hmm. Hey, let's hang out and talk about God. It was like the right. people who yeah, Judas Smith, like he, or Carl Lentz, like yep. going to him yeah. and, and, and go, just literally going to him. Right. Right. And like that was how, you know, and, and so, you know, somebody might say, well, you know, if God wants somebody saved, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Like right. I kind of get that, but like somebody's got to go, like somebody's right. got to be on the ground and, and go. And it's not going to be these, these deep the- theology guys that just hang out on Twitter all day, harumphing yes. about things. <laughs> Yes, I I agree with you, but also what happens on that scale affects what happens on my, like, how those guys and how those pastors make their choices affect their congregation. It It affects what they see as important and... It just, it's such a, it's a tricky subject. It really is. It is in the part and that. It's really hard. And it's also, we have to acknowledge, where are we coming at this conversation from, right? We're coming at this conversation from a place of like, if I had 1200 extra dollars and I spent it on shoes, I, I mean, I, it, it's, it's outside of our, it's totally outside of our comprehension, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But for somebody who is making I don't even know. I don't know how much money these people make. It's just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it's tough. It's a tough conversation, and I'm enjoying watching it all play out. And it's, it's already kind of died down because, you know, people lose interest. He's still posting. and But I think it's, I think it's a good conversation for people to be having. And I just, what I don't want to see happen from it is that we all go back to our small churches and start judging our pastor's <laughs> vehicle. And, oh, my gosh, those are Nikes. They probably cost $150. No, he probably got them at Ross for 25 Listen, like, Casey, some of us were doing that anyway, and we're not going to stop. <laughs> no, it, it's so, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, our church it has a, a lot of wealthier people in it. And um, we're definitely not in median (laughs) in that church. But so I would understand if our pastor like made more than necessarily I think a pastor should make. But it's just I also know that he's being held accountable by elders and a presbyterian, all that on his life. So, anyways, that's Preacher Sneakers, and he's out there making people mad <laughs> on both sides, on all sides. Oh, something really funny, uh, real quick. Uh, so, he posted that thing about his favorite theologian being, like, John Piper, Matt Chandler, and somebody somebody wrote back, um, this page is run by someone who thinks John Piper is a credible theologian. Bye. <laughs> somebody... What like decided they weren't going to follow him anymore because of that? What what just what in the world? <laughs> it, it was it was summer. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, we ready to get into tweets? I guess enough enough with me going off on uh, preacher sneakers. How how long was it? How long were all those takes marinating? That, that, oh. was, that was like an unbroken 20-minute Casey rant. That was nice. Well, here's the thing, too. I've gotten it out of my system a lot already to Danny. So <laughs> he, he unfortunately, well, he, he doesn't mind. Shout out to Danny for uh, 
for putting up with me. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but I think shout out to Danny <laughs> for uh, and Kendra for running running parent duties so we can yes knock out this yes. episode. Yes. All right. Speaking of John Piper, <laughs> we have a couple tweets to read, and you saved this one for me, even though you guys did tweets in the last episode, and I'm so thankful because. It is truly a, it's just, it's art. Okay, ready? Are you ready for this? I've been ready for this one for several weeks. Father, I pray to be blessed, but I do not want to be blessed except to be a blessing. For you have shown me that there is a greater blessedness than to be blessed without being a blessing. For this greater blessedness, I plead the blessedness to be a blessing. Psalm 67. <laughs> now, I went to Psalm 67, and it doesn't say that. <laughs> this, this is John Piper's uh, paraphrase of Psalm 67. So did, you, did you have your tally counter out to see how many times we said blessed in that, or blessedness? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Right. <laughs> you know what? As soon as I said that, I thought about that joke, and I didn't think you would go there. I'm not going to keep did. it in the episode. I just had to get it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> John Piper, thank you for continuing to bless us with your blessedness. <laughs> Made even all the more funny and awkward, <laughs> but <laughs> made made even more awkward and, and wonderful. Since in the fun, sexy Bible time universe, uh, we we use the word blessings for bosoms. <laughs> exactly. So it sounded like he was just tweeting it out that like he was just super horny. <laughs> yes. He's praying to be blessed. <laughs> ah. Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, so let's do the marriage bed tweet, and then we can get into Beth more just total takedown. Okay. <laughs> the marriage bed. This is a link to an article, but that doesn't matter. One small thing. A drip. <laughs> A drip, a drip of small things can become a flood. <laughs> That's so good. Thank I, I already you. crossed the line with the tally counter joke. You, you gotta, I know. You, you, gotta, I, you gotta run with this one. No, there's nowhere to go. It's there. It's right there. I don't have to take it anywhere. It's... It's... <laughs> A drip of small things. <laughs> uh, that's, that's it. That's all I got. That's what happens when you keep your hand to the precious plow. And, yes. In the small. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. The miracle is in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> As long as I can still get tickled. (laughs) Okay. We should move on. (laughs) Speaking of Beth Moore, how about about that transition right there? That was good. It's good. Speaking of Beth Moore, um, she had a really nice exchange. uh, It was a couple days ago on Twitter. Somebody was... Uh, there's a whole section of Christian Twitter that, that we don't want to feature on the podcast. You know, we talk right. a lot about Christian tweets, but we kind of have like an informal rule that we're not going to feature trolls. Like there, right. there is a group of Christians who all they want to do is just stir up discord on, on yes. Twitter. And it's not the fun kind of stuff like we do where we're just joking and making jokes about inappropriate stuff. It's, it's like pulpit and pen. It's like right. you know, a lot of Matt Walsh stuff. Like he's just trying mm-hmm. to inflame people and make people angry. Right. And uh, some are white 
And, and some are white. Uh, we're not Who even. Who doesn't even follow you? So. <laughs> Uh, if you're on Christian Twitter and you don't follow Matthew Pierce, then you're dead to us. So, <laughs> well, the exception would be like uh, the people who stealth follow me, um, who don't want to admit that they follow me, mm-hmm. but they read on, they read and comment on all my tweets, and it's like, uh, I mean, I don't know, oh, that's fine. Like, what? <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't count. But she 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 was making a fuss because Beth Moore. Rachel Held Evans tweeted that she was sick and going to miss Game of Thrones and would someone mm-hmm. pray for her? And Beth Moore jumped in and was like, yeah, I'll pray for you. And mm-hmm. Summer saw her opportunity to try to score some points and be like something to the effect of like, uh, oh, look, this supposed darling S- of the SBC S- yeah. mm-hmm. uh, is praying that someone doesn't get to praying for a non-Christian who doesn't get to watch the HBO porn show or something. Like that. It's just something really dickish. So dickish. And uh, Beth Moore jumped right in to the to the mentions and was like, Summer, I will pray for you anytime for anything. Mm. And it was beautiful. It was so good. It was so good. Because you know what? She means it. She does. Right? She's, she's the not best. she's not just like she's not clapping back at her. She totally means it. She is the best. And the thing that made me happy was that Beth Moore's response dwarfed the amount of likes that Summer's original post got. Uh huh. Uh huh. It was like, I don't, I don't, there's, there's a word for that. Like when you, when you reply and it gets more engagement than the original tweet. Mm. I can't, I don't know what the word is, but Beth Moore did it to Summer and that was, it was beautiful. It is. It's so good. I love her so much. I aspire. <laughs> aspire to be that amazing of a person <laughs> i can't even i ha, i i already had this person blocked on twitter because i can't i can't have their stuff come across my feed without getting so angry mm-hmm. which is like the if, goal which is frankly that's the goal is to make as many i know people angry and i'm not possible. sanctified enough to avoid it so i have to block them i have her blocked and matt walsh and pulp i don't actually know if i have pulp and pin blocked because nobody ever puts them in my feed yeah dave ramsey <laughs> yeah but we, we can't block we can't <laughs> We can't block the far left people because they bring us they bring us so much joy, like the evolving yes. faith conference. Like we get, <laughs> yeah, but they're not. Most of those people aren't trolls. It's just. <laughs> did you want? <laughs> did you what? want to do the beating guns? <laughs> no. I, just so you know, anytime I get back a dang it, Casey, or a G's Casey in the DMs, it it makes me so happy. I really enjoy it. <laughs> Shout out to Shane Claiborne. Is it a book? Is that what he's doing? It's a book called. It's Beating. a movie. Oh, no, it's no, a movie. it's a movie. I'm sorry. It's a movie called. Or Beating like a doc, a documentary. Beating gun, like you couldn't think of a better title than beating guns. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just let the listeners fill in the jokes for that one in their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so uh, perpetual shout out to you Beth Moore yes keep it the, coming is she the best person on Christian Twitter absolutely hands down She's there's no competition like she doesn't really she she reaches across it's like, it's like a weird thing that I think Russell Moore does this a little bit like he, he reaches across like the theological divides mm-hmm. and, and everyone that's not a troll <laughs> seems to at least respect them if not like them Hmm. I agree. I mean, there were some people that were mad at her when she went to that, um, like the church too. They did like a summit or something, <clears throat> and people were saying that they appropriated the hashtag. Which, I mean, those those are the people that are angry about everything all the time, though. So. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right. Should we get into listener questions? Oh man. We got a lot of them. We put out a uh, call for content. Um, <laughs> yes, but you, I like what I like that you put Laura's question first. I figured that one would would engender the uh, uh, the most 
Yes. I'm trying to find it. I'm going to read it. Okay. Okay. This is from super faithful, fun, sexy Bible time listener, Laura. To you and Casey, every Christian parenting blog, podcast, etc. always stresses the importance of date night. As parents of multiple kids and having tight budgets, same here, do you each follow this advice with your respective partners? If so, what does that look like for each of you? If not, I'd love a think piece article from Matthew. (laughs) Which, I mean, she just gave you your next think piece. Forgive me if you've done this. And a classic Casey rant. I don't even know what she's talking about. A rant? Is this? No. Okay. Do you want to, do you have any thoughts first before I just vomit at the mouth? (laughs) Do we do this? Heck no, we don't do this. Like we don't, (laughs) there's no way we can go out once a week. Mm Mm-hmm financially or just schedule wise like it's just just not possible right okay that's your answer yes my answer is (laughs) heck no like it's it's always it's always a goal put it that way like it's always a goal to right to get out and 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 do something but it's not going to happen once a week it it may happen once a month okay so here's what i want to say laura you have a what six month old i don't know just don't listen to any advice ever (laughs) except this no i'm not even going to give you i mean here's the thing every parenting blog podcast christian focused whatever they all give impossible standards in one way or another so if you are (laughs) you have to think about where they're coming from so a lot of these people are a lot more well off and they can pay for a babysitter and a date and they're working from home or whatever. So here's my advice. Also, let me go back. When you have your first baby, this was my experience. Like, I don't think we left her with anybody. I don't even know. It was a long time. I'm, I'm a little bit of a weirdo about leaving my babies when they're little that's just me. This is not to judge anybody else who does anything else, but I just, I don't like it. I, it, I, it makes me physically just not enjoy myself. So a, like the thought of a date night with just Danny and me when I have a newborn or an infant was, it just, it didn't happen because I just didn't enjoy myself anyways, because I was worrying about the baby. Okay. So here's, here's my <laughs> advice. You guys have to figure out what works for you, what works for you with your budget, what works for you with what makes you comfortable as a mom. Okay. And it doesn't really matter what anybody else says you should do. Right. Date nights are not in the Bible. Okay. Right. They're not. So if that means that you take the baby out with you um, once every couple weeks to go to Taco Bell, then do that. (laughs) Like, If that means that for us, we have both parents in town. So date nights are a definite for us because we have free childcare. So even if we have like a super limited budget to eat out, we are going out because we can. It's not this like, we have to do this or our marriage will suffer. It's we get to do this because we have the help. And also, we're with our kids all day, every day. And it's nice to have a little break, right? So I just, man, I can't stand the fact that as Christians, we saddle new parents with this like, huge burden of, if you don't do all these things, your marriage is going to suffer. Like, no, that's not true. You have to figure out you have to find your new normal. It's going to be different. It's not going to be what it used to be, but you can do it together. And who cares what anybody says about it? Like at the end of the day, it's you guys and your kids and whatever you choose to do with sleeping and going out and all that. It, it doesn't matter what anybody says. So yeah, don't do what I do. Don't do what Matthew does. (laughs) Figure out what you guys want to do and what you can do. And don't be neurotic that your marriage is going to suffer. Gosh, I hate that. You're on, you're on fire today. <laughs> it's just like, I just, n- being a mom for the first time is 
is devastating in a way. Okay. I don't mean that negatively, but it is a little bit. It's like, oh my goodness. It just, this, this, it takes over everything, takes over your hormones and your, you have these new instincts that you've never dealt with before. And then all of a sudden you have these voices telling you all these other things that you're supposed to be doing. And uh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Well, if you don't take care of your husband's needs, then blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, he's a grown man. I'm a grown woman. We can figure it out on our own. Thank you very much. Like, (sighs) so obviously I did not have this mindset when I was 24 with my first baby, but now I'm 35 and I've had four. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what do we have to do to get you to write a book about parenting? Mm. I, <laughs> I don't want to write a book. I want everybody to have the freedom to like figure out what works for them. That's, that's the, the book, thing. though. Like, that's the book. You just tell Well, that doesn't that. need to be a book. I just told you that. Like, that's, that is my solidest, solidest, my most solid advice. But that's not just parenting. That's marriage, too. Like, all this specific marriage advice that we put out who can keep up and it doesn't even work every marriage is two individual people with specific personalities and it uh, most of the advice doesn't even work so why why do we do this to each other just because we're bored and we need to feel superior about something i don't know but also laura just please DM me anytime about any of this because I'm here for you. It's just, it's so hard. (coughs) Okay. Enough of my (laughs) righteous indignation. I think people, people wanted some funnier, funnier answers and questions. (laughs) We are vacillating wildly between inappropriate humor and <laughs> anger rants. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay, throw out the next question. All right, uh, from Luke: Which megachurch pastors are the Avengers, and why? I think mm. all of them think they are Captain America. <laughs> With the beard. With the beard, definitely. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of them are probably closer to Ant Man, maybe. <laughs> I've never seen an Ant-Man movie. Oh, my gosh. Don't. You should edit that out. Or Bethany Perkins is going to not be my friend if she thinks I haven't seen all the Marvel movies. (laughs) All right. Carter. Okay. So I said Mark Driscoll is definitely the Hulk. I mean, he just seems like he's just angry. But he's not a megachurch pastor anymore. He was. He thinks he's the Hulk. He thinks he's something. Carter, do you think now would be a good time for Lifeway to get in on the shoe game? Maybe sign Tim Tebow or something and have a slogan like, how beautiful are the feet that wear reasonably priced shoes? First of all, Carter, if they're selling them at Lifeway, they're not going to be reasonably priced. Right. Oh, my goodness. And then then Carter came back. I bet Stephen Furtick would wear some cruciform twos or some Seth Currys. (laughs) That's a a good joke. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I think uh yeah, I think that's that's Did a mistake. It, if Lifeway sells them, they're going to be super expensive. Lifeway's going out of business or closing their book, bricks and mortar stores or right? I mean, is mm. that the truth? Yeah, so yeah. it's too late now. Too late now. Can you imagine though living in a world where it was cool to wear Lifeway shoes? <laughs> mm. Would they have the uh would it be like everything else in their little fashion Scent like fashion department, like where it just has like the the fish on the back. <laughs> oh wow! What would those shoes even look like? Mm. It'd be olive or beige. <laughs> this the the dad the dad shoe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stephanie wants us to want Stephanie wants to know if we have checked out the seventies food party Twitter account. I have. It's horrifying. It is absolutely I don't know what that horrifying. is. Don't, don't you didn't look. send if, me this one. If, if you're about to eat, don't look at it because it is horrifying. What is it? 
It's a it's a Twitter account that posts pictures of food from the seventies and like seventies cookbooks. Oh, it's gross, right? Just jello malt. Everything yes. was a jello malt. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Also from a longtime friend of the podcast, Becca. Wants to know what are our favorite Easter throwback songs? Good question, Becca. That is a great question. You go first. I mean, I can go like super deep, um, super, super old. Like, I mean, you got to at least consider uh, Watch the Lamb. Oh, wow. That That is. All time. We we used to have uh, um, like around Easter every year, they would do a little mini Sunday morning drama to Watch the Lamb. Nice. Mm. Nice. Watch the Lamb is a little bit cheesy. A little bit? Yeah, but this, my all-time one, is not cheesy at all because it holds up super well. Dallas Home, Rise Again. Mm, I don't even know that one. Oh, okay. You you would know it if you heard it. I'll it's, listen to it. Don't it, worry. It's so, it's so, like, iconic. It's such an okay. iconic church song. You'll, you'll remember it as soon as you hear it. Okay, so uh-huh. I definitely have to go with uh, Keith Green, Easter Song. Uh you know, Just nobody so, is going to know these songs that we're throwing out there. Well, then why are they even listening to this podcast? <laughs> we are so old. That's the problem. All of the, okay. all of the Belmont kids are going to be like, well, you know what? WTF. You come for the parenting wisdom. Stay for the obscure CCM reference. Okay. Um, what did I say? Easter song. Yeah. And then I'd have to go with. Sandy Patty, Larnell Harris, I've Just Seen Jesus. Wow. That's a good one, right? I mean, mm. uh, I think that's about that. I, I think Sandy Patty has some other good Easter ones, too. But those are probably the two that I'm going to jam on the way to church. Oh, also, you know, classic U2 song, Window in the Skies. <laughs> But that's that's not really a CCM, I guess. Mm, what is the uh, what is the mercy the mercy me? Do they have a like a like a go to Easter song? I don't know. I got out of mercy me in like two thousand five. I got you. <laughs> so, I gotcha. um, I have to make the '90s CCM references because I don't listen to CCM anymore. <laughs> Strictly Sarah Groves at this point, right? Yeah, she's not CCM. I mean... <laughs> did you, did you have if, to tighten your scarf before you said that? No. If they don't play it on the radio, it doesn't count. <laughs> right? I, love it. I love it that on this podcast, we're giving each other shade for, like, ranking CCM. Like, <laughs> you know, just ranking CCM songs. I think that you're trying to let the listeners know that I still listen to Christian music, <laughs> which I do. No, I'm making fun of you for being a Christian music hipster. Of like, oh no, no, she's a little better than CCM. I'm not better. I just have a different. I have a different taste. Sorry. <laughs> My kids, on the other hand love ccm and if i ever happen to put their radio on somehow they know all the songs and i don't know how what, what are they listening to is it still toby mac no whatever comes on the radio that's what i mean toby mac i mean he's he's on the radio because my kids listen to toby mac maybe or is there some some song about strong stronger or i don't yeah, that's know the toby mac and mandisa <clears throat> yeah they they love it yeah mine do too Kids have horrible taste, though. <laughs> well, My because, kids also love Imagine Dragons, so, you but, know. You know, when you were a kid, you were listening to Sandy Patty and Larnell Harris, though. So. That's true. And the Imperials. The Imperials. Rust Taff. <laughs> the Imperials, Truth, Glad, and For Him. We don't have groups like that anymore where it's just singing. Singing. You know. I know. Everybody's got to play an instrument. Yeah. Oh, so I all right. We, I don't think we even have time for "Dude, I banged my wife." <laughs> how's that for a quote? It's true. 
Yes. <laughs> Late, we're tired. <laughs> uh, At I some mean, point. How long is it going to take? Uh, we're at 105, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's going to take at least 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. There's another quote for you right there. <laughs> Okay, so this is something that has to be put on the back burner again. We'll have to do a, a rain check on Dude I Banged My Wife. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just keep we'll just keep postponing Dude I Banged My Wife and then eventually we'll just forget what it was even about. <laughs> no, we're building up the anticipation. <laughs> This was good. This has worked out really well for us. <laughs> All the jokes that have come out of not being able to do this movie pitch. I can't wait to hear it, though. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> can I can I ask you a question about it? I've got I've got a I've got a, a casting issue. Okay. Okay. Is it if it's going to be a faith based sex comedy? Do the names have to be serious or can you do like sex comedy names? No, do sex comedy names. So can I, I name, don't know what the, can I name like the, uh, can the, can the female lead be named Liza Smallwood? Wow. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Liza A. Smallwood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Just tweak it. <laughs> you, have to, <laughs> you have a lot of time to get this pitch perfect. <laughs> we're gonna send we're gonna send the pitch to um what's that thing called? Pure Flix. <laughs> yes. Pure Flix. I get Pure Flix ads every single time on YouTube now. It's like they know somehow. They don't. Every single time it's a pure flex. <laughs> and some of them are so strange. Oh yeah. Christians are weirdos. Yeah. <clears throat> Alright. Alright. <laughs> That's it. My, my youth pastor said I have to keep my tally counter away until the wedding night. <laughs>